GameStop. What's going on? My favorite store. Did you check your Robin Hood? The more I learn oh, about GameStop, the funnier it is. <laughs> kind of. But not for GameStop. <laughs> or Robin Hood. We'll see about that. Robin Hood's going to be just fine. We also got Steve Hayward coming on in the second segment. Oh, he's fun. fun. That guy was he fun. He is yeah. fun. Yeah. I think yeah. he had fun with us. Yeah, he did. Did you have fun? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if he shares the show later. <laughs> hey, speaking of sharing the show, make sure you share it sure. right here, right now. That's how you can help us. Help us help you. You help us. Three help shades you. of gray. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh. That's because hey. if you okay. want to join the club. This is a good reason to join the club. We need a wardrobe manager. <laughs> Obviously, somebody who knows that maybe some of us I, should be dressing. I just want to say, I'm colors. so glad to see you in that scene. I am happy, man. I am so happy to be uh, back. That's what I want to say. I am happy seriously. to be back. Yeah, so I don't, care. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care if we look kind uh, of kind I'm of a little concerned. weirdly matched. <laughs> Hey, I, I just, first of all, oh. this has been our highest club member sign up ever in the history of Cross Politics. This month? January. Are you serious? I'm serious, man. Wow. Thank, thank you. Thank Whoever you. Whoever you are, yeah. thank you are amazing. May the God bless you uh, and here, the yeah. tribe little, increase. Cheers. Hopefully you got your Tumblr. Oh. Yep. And there's 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 about uh, uh, about 20 left. So you got to get in. Wow. Um, and it's, it's silver members or above that, that will get a Tumblr. Uh, and so we're, working, we're working on a, we got a, a, new one. a, a new one that we're going to be coming out. I'm pretty excited about that uh, one too. But, mm, you know, mm, getting price yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. It's not going to be a Tumblr. It's going to be something different. It's yeah. different. So, so, so if you want a Tumblr, this is your chance. Look, and make sure you guys sign up for our magazine. The first magazine, magazine is going to be shipped March 1st. So you have to sign up before <laughs> March 1st to get the first magazine. And then yeah. if, you, if you sign up after that, you'll just get the next quarterly magazine. You'll just slide into the quarterly uh, routine. So you know, it's funny. Routine. It's funny. So it seems like right now there's been a lot of talk about cancel culture. We're going to talk a little bit about it with Steve Hayward coming up. Yep. Yeah. And one of the things I keep hearing that we had a wonderful time at um, at uh, Jared Longshore's house after the conference a little bit. And we had a huge roundtable. A lot of talk about. When you say we, you mean you? Uh, yes. Not, but, not us. Uh, me, and, me and Toby uh, were. Uh, there was were a lot here all, all by ourselves. You were tanning we were, down in Florida. Cannon Press was there. <laughs> Matt Williams was there. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. So just just so y'all know. But anyway, right. one of the things. I'm bringing this up because of the magazine. One of the things that keeps coming back is that we have to figure out how to keep the open levels of communication yeah. since they're getting shut down from yeah. the oligarchs or whatever. But the, right now – The Twitter elites. Yeah, the elites. But the magazine is one of those ways to keep the form of communication open right now yeah. from us out. Yeah. And so it's important. Depending on where we might go, YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, they might remove us. But we still have a way to get out. And, that, and the magazine is a yeah. great way yep. to it's continue good. to do that. And, and get a subscription for Russell Moore, too, while you're at it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> get him a Bible. See us in South Dakota. <laughs> We're going to be at in South Dakota April 29th through May 1st. I'm excited to have Steve Dace, <laughs> Sheriff Wheeler, Pastor Toby, Pastor Wilson, uh, President Merkel, and then, like I said, we got a couple others that were negotiating. Love with God, everything. sing psalms, yep. defy tyrants, come get your shirt. <laughs> That's right, because <laughs> so it, it'll be there. It'll be there. Be there. Hey. Lastly, I'm so excited to introduce this. Yeah. Uh, we've been working on this. We've actually been talking about this for about two years, and it's finally coming to fruition that we're actually starting kind of a an aggregator news website. I mean, me and Toby and Knox and some of our, our crew – Constantly are reading articles, sharing articles, and everyone's always asking, "Hey, what, where do you, what do you, what do you read? What articles are you find looking into, and that kind of thing?" And so we're actually starting a website called DeftWire. This is actually spun out of uh, Deft News. I used to run a website called Deft News. What does Deft mean? Um, Deft means skillful, quick. That's um, Deft, huh? and everything. Deft, yeah, not deaf. not like deaf ear. Deft. Right. Okay. I was like, maybe it has yeah. something to do with Gabe. No, no. So. Gabe is no, kind no. of deaf. Yeah. So my my ear don't work, and so we just figured we, hey, let's let's have, call this Deft. Uh, yeah. Deaf, deaf Drink, wire. fresh, so, current, real news every day. It's going to be populated with new news stories yep. that deaf. we're going through. We're the ones yeah. finding these. Just stories. throwing it up and just hey, hey, check yep. this out. You want to know what's going on? It may or may not be coming from our news at crosspolitik dot com, which you can send articles yep. and, and links to. And so, so, so deafwire dot com, deafwire dot com. Check it out daily. Also, last thing, Logos School is hiring Ooh. teachers right now. Logos in Moscow, Idaho. Brick, Brick and mortar, mortar School. Logos. Yeah, oh. that, yeah. Um, and my wife teaches there. Our kids go there. Yes. Um, and so if you were thinking, man, I'd love to move there, but I don't know um, I don't know how to get there. I don't know yeah. what I would do there. I would love to have my kids in the school, but I know it's really full. Hey, if you're a teacher, you can get your kids there. Yeah. Um, send a resume to M. Whitling, W-H-I-T-L-I-N-G, M. Whitling, at LogosSchool.com. Send your resume there today and see what's available. Maybe you, too, can join us. That'd be great. In Moscow, Idaho at Logos School. Hey, um, before we move on, did we, are we going to talk about at all the fact that we're looking for some sort of beer maker out in South Dakota? 
We we just not going to oh, mention we, it. Oh, we 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 were talking about it. Yeah, well, we were. I got, I, got somebody, I, I got some I got some things going. Oh, hey, do? So we can, we, if, we shouldn't say that then. We but shouldn't if, say oh, that. I mean, I guess we could. We could. It, if we're you make beer, yeah, and you want to put a fight, laugh, feast label on it, yeah, we'll but, talk to you, hey, especially beer, if you're from South Dakota. Wine or whiskey? And, okay, we want a whiskey label. Yeah. I want a beer label. I want a wine label. We're working on a cigar label. Pretty excited to announce that here soon. Yeah, don't tell me about uh, that. Yet. It's, it's best if you live in a free state, you know? <laughs> like South Dakota, like South Dakota, where they don't have all kinds of government regulations on you being able to ship it everywhere. So our midweek fix uh, this last Wednesday, you weren't here. You wouldn't remember this. I was watching. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't remember any of this. Okay, <laughs> really? Thank yep. you. Thank you. I, there may be a little bitterness. I'm still okay. working. Did you notice that we're all matching? <laughs> yeah. You got to bring this up again. <laughs> Boy, it hurts so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Cuomo was so uh, it was no. so important to him oh, that the truth mattered. Yeah, oh yeah, the, the truth mattered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuomo, I do everything for Cuomo, <laughs> and and Cuomo came out this week. Oh, after. Just, just just play it, just, just play, play it. it. Yeah, is people value the truth? Oh, yeah. You know, give me the information. Mm-hmm. Don't give me spin. Give me facts that don't change. Tell me the truth. Yeah. yeah. See? Truth, truth, truth is really important yeah, to Cuomo. Yeah, yeah. Truth, okay. truth, 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 truth is really important. Then the New York Attorney Cuomo. General, Letitia James, says that the State Department of Health underreported COVID nineteen deaths in nursing homes by as much as fifty percent. Fifty percent. That's half of the deaths they missed. I'm sorry. Does people value the truth. <laughs> yeah, they. So wait, wait, wait. How how do you miss dead people? Well, so, so if you guys just remember what happened, out. Just, oh, 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 just, to, oh. just to restate what happened, right. when the shutdown happened back in March in New York, right. Cuomo signed an executive order because they didn't want the hospitals to be overrun, uh-huh. signed an executive order, ordering the patients that came from elderly homes to the hospital yep. to back return to the homes. back to the nursing homes so they can make sure the hospitals weren't overrun. So the so nursing that, homes didn't have any control of who can come so in. So that, that all point. the people could die. That's right. So that all the old people, people value the truth, right? Oh, okay, all right. right. I see. I see. Right, what you're doing. right, right. But what? But, but what about um, government? Ah, uh, incompetent government kills people. He did say that too in our midweek fix on <laughs> on Wednesday. Yeah, I saw that part. He said, uh, "Incompetent government kills people." Oh, don't don't forget was, that. Was he looking in a mirror? Well. No, no, he he won an Emmy, you guys. I couldn't be talking about him. He got he got a book published, so he's been part of the uh, the recent media tour that he's going on. Has been from his book. Then he win some sort of award. Yeah, New York Emmy. New York City Mayor Bill De Blasio called for the full I truth. This. I love this. After a scathing Attorney General report that found that New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's yeah. administration undercounted COVID nineteen uh, nursing home deaths by as much as fifty percent. It's specifically nursing home deaths. Yeah. We have to make sense of this. We have to get the full truth. We have to make sure it never, ever happens again. Nothing like this happens again. We have to be honest about the numbers, de Blasio said during a news conference. What what is what does uh, Cuomo say about the truth? Is people value the truth? Oh, yeah, yeah. Really do. I love it when the false gods get together and start to fighting. You know, <laughs> De Blasio needs to be careful. He's yes, gonna, he he's gonna have a, he's gonna Godfather going to come he, after him. He's going to have a horse head in his bed. He wake up with blood all on his leg. <laughs> right? What's going on here? You know, what's funny, though, these guys were standing really close together as long as Trump was there. And as soon as Trump started coming out, yep. it's like, oh. Now, now they're yeah, starting to fight a little it's, bit. It's funny. I remember Pastor Wilson saying this a long time ago. The only thing that... that the false gods and, and the enemies of the other side hate more than each other are us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so once once Christians and people who have a standard kind of get pushed aside, yeah. they start fighting they start and they, eating and, each they other. eat their own stuff. And that's one of the things that people don't understand about kind of the post-mill worldview. When they see something bad that's happening, it's like, oh, my goodness. You're still a post-mill? Well, of course. I can't help but be. Look what's happening. Right. These guys are fighting. Well, I mean, <laughs> God, God, God won. With yeah. The death of his son. That's right. I mean, people, right. people don't understand. Like when when Christians start getting fired, that means we're actually on the battlefield. That's right. When they start attacking us, that means we're actually fighting, yeah. and that's when we're. I mean, Paul says in Romans, we are more than conquerors yeah. in those right. moments. Mm-hmm. That's when we. That's when we win. Right. And those, yeah. Of course, I'm post mill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> Well, and don't forget that they're power hungry. So Cuomo's power hungry. De Blasio's power hungry. De Blasio, hot dog De Blasio. Remember, he's running for president. Yeah. Right? That's right. And he guarantee he wants to go for New York governor. He's he's the one that wanted to ban the big gulps. What what does Cuomo want? Yeah. 
Oh, he president. president. He wants to go president. He wants to be president. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Kamala's well, got that, though. Yeah, well, you know, they're going to all have to fight it out. Maybe, maybe He ain't got enough years left to him to finish Kamala. She's got to leave. value the truth. Yeah. And what, what else? What else he said? Uh, incompetent government kills people. Just remember oh, yeah. that. Incompetent yeah. government kills people. We know. People. So have you guys been following the GameStop thing? The GameStop thing you first brought up. And you squeezed it into our midweek like, fix. I was like, guys, I think there's something, there's something going here. on. There's something here. The, the more we've kind of dug into this, it, it kind of it makes me laugh a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. also kind of makes me a little nervous. Well, so, you know, explain what's happening though for a lot of because I so I've been in Florida and I've been like in a little dungeon editing, so I don't really know much Is of what happened. That kept you down there. Well, it's Florida. Jared? So we'll have to talk about that. You had a Russell Alligator? It was very nice. They gave me meals. Treated me very good. Under the door? <laughs> under the door? Was it under the door? If it makes everybody feel better, there's a white dude with me. So it wasn't racism. It was just, it was just how they do things. In so, Florida, huh? In Florida. In Florida. And now we're all wearing gray, gray suit coats. So What's there's, going on? there's a common uh, thing that happens in the investment hedge fund world yeah. is where they'll do a short sell. Okay. And what they'll do is they'll find stocks that might be overvalued yeah. and then they'll buy those stocks or, or actually they'll borrow, they'll borrow them. They'll borrow those stocks. Then they'll go and sell them. Let's say for a, you know, uh, so, so the stock value that they borrow at is a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they go and uh, sell that stock. Figuratively. You're speaking figuratively. Right? For $400. Right, right. And then they're going to tell that where they're borrowing it from. They're going to say, Hey, we'll get you your stock back. And they're hoping that that stock drops after they sell it for a hundred dollars. Okay. And and then they'll go and buy back the stock at fifty dollars. So the hedge fund pockets that fifty bucks, right? But it's all on loan, hoping that the stock drops. So they're saying, "Hey, look, I think the stock is overvalued. We'll we'll buy it at a hundred dollars. We'll sell it at a hundred dollars, and then we'll go back and buy it at fifty when it drops to pay back." Or to give back the shares that they borrowed from the broker, and so then they got to give the broker some sort of money too and, for and for giving go give them a the percentage loan. to the broker in addition to their stock back. Okay, so so really, they probably walk away with thirty. Let's say forty bucks, or whatever, okay. right okay. Per, per share. And so you can see what happened here with GameStop, the hedge fund. Uh, Melvin Capital is one of the biggest in the sh- in the short sale this last week. Uh, they a lot of these hedge fund brokers said, "Hey, look, I think GameStop is actually going up, and it's worth more than it really is." And you can see. The stock on January 25th, where it peaked, and then what it looked like on January 25th following, 26th, and into January 27th, where the hedge funds came in and said, hey, look, that's high. Game stock is high there. It's overvalued. And so they bought it. But what happened was, is a bunch of kind of, I've been calling them blue-collar investors. No, no, no. You got to go with the tweet. I know. I know. It's coming in. Okay. They started talking on Reddit. Hey, look. The hedge funds are coming in, and they want to do short sale on GameStop. Let's go buy GameStop. Mm-hmm. And so all this was going on on Reddit, and Elon Musk retweeted that that thread on on, uh, on said, on, "Yeah, on, go buy it." Yeah, exactly, go buy it. And you see what happened was is it spiked up big time. So what happens is that screws Melvin Capital mm-hmm. because Melvin Capital is saying, "Hey, hey, we're gonna we think it's gonna drop," but instead, so they make a deal saying, "Hey, we'll, we'll sell it for a hundred bucks." We'll come back and, and we'll pay we'll pay your stock back eventually, and, you know, twenty four hours or forty eight hour period, whatever they agree to with the uh, short with sell. the short sell. And so what happened? It instead is the stock went up instead of going down. And so they're actually on the hook for whatever amount that it went D- up. Or that hundred dollars. Let's say it goes up to two hundred dollars. Well, they're on the hook for that hundred dollars per share. Yeah, whatever the price is plus when, when their time's up plus that, interest. That's what they got to buy it for. Exactly. And so hedge fund Melvin Capital comes in gets. Or at least initially get screwed through all this because of all these blue collar Reddit um, Robin Hood investors. Right. Why is Elon Musk cool with this? Well, Elon Musk, th- this happened to him. So this is like Gabe said. This is a game that's inside of, of this is what people do. This is what people do. Right. And so I think Elon knew he had a bunch of guys betting against him, and they and so this they did this to him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, Tesla. Tesla. They were betting on Tesla. They were trying to, to short sell. They were short se- selling se- his Tesla. stock exactly. Yep, and so right. they're like, he is not valued. This so. He started fighting back because he saw that, hey, you can mess up a whole business by doing this when everybody gets together and wants to screw you, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he said, you know what? I'm going to point out for you guys exactly what you guys were doing to me, and now you guys can right. deal with the mob. Right. So, so Elon, he's just sitting back here laughing. Right. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so what happens, though, is it spikes. Um, yes. A bunch of these um, investment uh, brokerage firms are getting um, hosed. Yep. Um, you know, and and their their um, their short stocks are coming due. 
like and, in six hours and, or and, and you twelve saw, hours you or whatever saw, they agreed you, to. You saw estimates of like how many? Seven, up to seventy billion dollars in 40 losses. To Forty to seventy billion dollars in losses. Yep. And so then, um, Robin Hood, one of the main sort of um, uh, apps that apps, were the, where all these blue collar Reddit investors would come through right. to buy the stock. Um, they um, restrict trading. Right. Uh, on and particularly uh, buying, only buying, yeah. Um, and it was, uh, I think, particularly for GameStop and like three or four other companies where they were they were yeah. doing some of this with. Well, because yeah. Yeah. and so on the on the screen there, you see it just plunge, shooting all the way down to the ground because they could nobody could buy any more stocks for a while. Robin Hood yeah. cut so, off the buying options. But right here's here. the deal: yes. from 2.4 million people. And, and where they got that money was their stimulus checks. So yeah. the idea, the likely, idea they yeah, were told yeah. to, hey, take that six hundred dollars stimulus check, go spend it, and let's 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 go get the rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Two point four million people yeah. to do this. So so the CEO of Robinhood starts getting really pushed. Where's this? This is CNBC. Explain then why did you do this? What, did, did the SEC call you and tell you you had to do this? Was there a problem inside the company in terms of liquidity, in terms of the amount of deposits that you had uh, to, to put it in, in front to the exchanges? What led to this? Uh, the reason we did it was because uh, Robinhood is a brokerage firm. Uh, we have lots of financial requirements, including SEC net capital requirements and clearinghouse deposits. So that's money that we have to deposit at various clearinghouses. So some of these requirements uh, fluctuate quite a bit based on volatility in the markets. And <laughs> you don't say. it can be substantial in the current environment where there's a lot of volatility and a lot of concentrated activity in uh in these names that have been going viral on social media. It sounds to me, though, that you're suggesting that there was a liquidity problem uh, inside the firm. And, and my question about that then raises all sorts of new questions about Look whether there's a systemic issue uh, underneath the system and underneath the company unto itself. No, no, there, there was no li- liquidity <laughs> no, problem. No, and to be clear, no. there was, was but there wasn't preemptively. So we did this proactively uh, and Thousands of other securities remain tradable on the platform. Uh-huh. Customers that held these positions um, were able to sell them. And we're doing what we can to allow uh, buying and to remove these restrictions in the morning. Yeah. A little bit. You, no, can, no, you can buy. No, no. Friday, so, you can buy two. two, two. <laughs> Friday, you yes. can buy two. You can buy two. That's about it. Uh, okay, we got to talk Guys, more this, about this. Is this, this is actually big. This yeah. is massively there, big. And there's, there's a lot of other stories that go along with this. It's a macro pieces here that we need to come back third segment but talk first about. steve hayward you don't want to miss it steve hayward this guy man you can, just, you can throw something at him and he'll machine gun it back to you this is so great don't miss this segment have you shared the show yet now would be a good time to do it more cross politic coming up next uh i haven't done this in a couple weeks feels good <laughs> hey when a medical need arises hundreds of thousands of christians across the nation care for one another by sharing financially for those medical needs Samaritan members pray and reflect God's love and care by providing for one another. While times continue to change, God's love doesn't. He cares for us as we are called to care for one another. I see. He's, he's doing some work right now. We're doing a show. Are you trying to buy some more Robinhood stock right now? <laughs> he's trying to find another app. I'm trying to find him. Like, come on. Where's that AMC shares at? <laughs> They're down like 50%. Did you guys see that? <laughs> more stimulus checks, please. <laughs> exactly. Welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. We are very grateful to have with us right now on the line Stephen Hayward, currently senior resident scholar at the Institute of Governmental Studies at UC Berkeley. Somehow he's still there. We don't know. Visiting lecturer at Berkeley Law School. He's previously the Ronald Reagan Distinguished Visiting Professor at Pepperdine University's Graduate School of Public Policy. Mm. Who was Reagan? And the inaugural... He was a racist. Remember? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Visiting scholar in conservative thought and policy at the University of Colorado in Boulder. It just keeps going. He's been wow, everywhere. Wow, this thing is long. Basically, is he, he liberal? He No, no, no. He's not. What? He wrote every... He's written for everybody. Washington New York Post, Times, New York Times. Wall Street wow. Journal. And the author of six books... The most recent of which I'm really curious about, Patriotism is Not Enough, 
Harry Hoffa, Walter Burns, and the arguments that redefined American conservatism. We're going to get oh, into this. I want to talk about Steve, that. Steve, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. <laughs> it's great to join you guys. I didn't realize you had such a great time. <laughs> well, well, you just wait till the end of the show and we'll ask yeah, you again. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how good of a time you had. So, Steve, we, uh, we live in this, I mean, everybody talks about cancel culture. Um, and we were just, you know, getting ready for the show, pulling up articles all over the place. People, yeah. people getting canceled left and right. They're not, you know, they, they, they thought uh, they, they might have smelled somebody down the street one time who one time had an uncle or crazy aunt who one time said something that might have been a little bit off color. One yeah. time, one time. Yeah, and you know, and their and their jobs on the line. How do we get to this place? There, there've always been, you know, boycotts and protests, but. How do we get to the point where cancel culture has actually set in and it actually works? Yeah, you know, I think it actually boils down to something simple, and that is the power of social media with the ability to instantly generate a mob. Uh, you know, it used to be, you know, 20, 30 years ago, if a professor or a journalist or a politician said something supposedly offensive, it would take a while to you know, write up a petition, get signatures, mail it to somebody or deliver it to a dean or a college president or a newspaper editor. Now you can make all that happen in 15 minutes. Mm. And then at the other side of it, you have uh, people who run institutions, corporations, uh, newspapers, magazines, TV networks, and especially universities where the adults in the room uh, capitulate immediately to the mob. It doesn't matter what the truth of the accusation may be or how long ago it was or out of con- or anything. They just they cancel you right away. It's the spinelessness of – well, I've often joked that to be a college president, you have to have spinal removal surgery. Uh, oh! it, goes, <laughs> it, it goes all the way down to the deans and department chairs these days. Well, wow. I, was, uh, I was skimming through uh, my social media yesterday. A friend of ours – um, he's a, in, in higher ed administration. He, he shared an article actually um, about a professor in uh, University of North Texas is currently accused of being a racist or, or supporting somebody who maybe thought a racist thought one time. <laughs> and, and, but the thing that was interesting to me was that he shared the, the, the thing when he shared the article, his comment was, you want to see something incredibly messy in higher education world? This is it. As an administrator, I don't want to get within 100 yards of this kind of controversy. And, and the thought that occurred to me was, you know what, I think it, that means that if anybody came for him, he, he's gone. He would run. He, he's, yeah. he's shot. I mean, and I want to think better of him. You know, he's, he's a friend. But I, then nevertheless, I'm thinking, it seemed like he just said, basically, if you come to me with pitchforks, I'm going to lay down and you can just you can have the place. Get your way. How, how do you actually stand up to the cancel mob? Well, that's a big problem. At, in, in a very limited defense of you know this administrator or others is they're risk-averse people. They don't like conflict. They want problems to go away. Now, why that is a huge blunder is that when you capitulate to a mob and give in to them, then you're going to get more of it. The way to end this is for the adults in the room, as I keep calling them, <laughs> yeah. they're arguably not very adult, <laughs> is to say no. You know, next time students show up demanding that somebody be fired for sort of, you know, something ridiculous or or even, you know, being provided the case of the I know the case you're talking about the person in North Texas. It's a music professor who pushed back on the theory that certain European composers were racists. Right. right. And it's not allowed now. You are not allowed on college campuses to offer an argument or any criticism of the whole critical race theory uh, dogma that's now caught on so fast, not allowed. Now, if the college president and others just said, you know, you're free to go to college somewhere else if you don't like it here, it would end really fast, and no one does that. Can I challenge that real quick? You said it end really fast. You know, the when I, you, council culture is – it cuts deep, man. These guys aren't just like boycotts. It's a little different. They're, they're taking your livelihood away from you in a way yes. that boycotts never could. And a good example of that is the My Pillow guy. He has a position, yeah. he does, and then all of a sudden he loses all his sales. And not just that, the people who sell him the stuff, the banks, they're all gone too. So it, just saying no, you lose everything. So you don't have a chance to fight. How do you balance those two? Well, I mean, I have a couple of thoughts on a lot of this. And by the way, another example of the last few days that shows you how insidious this is, is a literary agency in New York fired – one of their senior employees, because it turned out this woman had an account on Parler and on Gab. I don't know what this person said on those accounts. I don't, you know, but yeah. that's an astounding thing. Now, wow. what I think is in both the case of uh, Mike Lindell of My Pillow yeah. and this, this lady at uh, the literary agency, in cases like this, 
Uh, and actually, no, there's some people thinking about this. I think there needs to be some uh, litigation strategies. I think that in the case of Mike Lindell, there may be some restraint of trade lawsuits that can be brought. I think there may be some employment lawsuits that could be brought in the case of um, uh, you know people at universities and in media organizations. Um, and I know there are some lawyers actively looking into this and trying to assemble some funds because I think you know we have to exert some – that's just one tactic. But we have to exert some pain back at these folks and use the liberals tools against them and then when we get done though we're still standing and living in their world so the platforms we still have to fight from it's kind of a very dicey situation it's like being in a fight with your best friend and you guys got to sit down and eat dinner together (laughs) yeah and hopefully uh, the knives aren't too sharp right right Um, yeah so i mean we have that but then there's some other part of it too it seems like we need to be building uh places to be able to launch our assaults from that are anti-fragile as well yeah. And, you know, I've been hearing a lot of people saying, well, if we're banned from Twitter there and Facebook and some of these other uh, platforms that are so widely used, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to communicate? And I keep thinking back to how did we communicate before we had social media and the Internet? Right. Well, guess what? If you, I've, I've recently been doing a lot of reading for a project that's unrelated, uh, but it turns out to be related about the conservatives in the early 60s. Organizing for Barry Goldwater for 1964, for example. And how was that done? It was done the old-fashioned way with mailing lists, newsletters, pamphlets, books, uh, and the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, and we may want to go back to that. It's not, you know, it's low tech. It's um, we can still use databases on computers. And, you know, for example, Barry Goldwater's Conscience of a Conservative sold five million copies. And, you know, Phyllis Schlafly's book, the book that made her famous, was um, A Choice, Not an Echo about right. Johnson versus Goldwater. Right. I think it sold seven million copies in paperback. Right. Well, maybe we need to go back to that model of communication and organization. What, what does this look like? That when, sounds almost like retreatism. Well, yeah, you know, I want to sort of like dinosaur I wanna, retreatism. I want to talk about that in a second because yeah. I, I want to know too what this looks like when when cancel culture comes to its full blossom. Blossom. What yeah. what is what does it look like at the end of the day when that happens? Well, I'm not sure, uh, except that uh, here's what I, I think: there's a backlash building already. Yeah. Uh, you can look at uh, public opinion polls. Large majorities of American, large majorities of minorities agree, by the way, it's not a black-white issue, that this is going way too far. Uh, and I'm not quite sure what how, how the backlash will um, um, will unfold, but just to pick one example I you probably heard of is, a, what, a few months ago? I forget who went after him, but it was the Goya – oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, the, the Goya. The yep. CEO of the yeah. Goya uh, f- uh, specialty foods company yep. went and met with Trump yep. and – the left freaked out and said, this is terrible, you know, boycott Goya. And what happened? Their sales went way up. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so I, I think we're going to see more of that kind of thing. And I think that will spread. So I'm a little bit of an optimist that the farther the left pushes with this, the bigger the backlash against them is going to be. Now, Steve, it, it seems like um, there's been kind of a confluence of, of things feeding these problems. Yeah. Uh, and and particularly in the in the university world where we've kind of married government with university culture, so government funds universities. It seems like even the funding has caused problems and and and, and helped prop up cancel culture. Uh, you know, well, this is a long subject. Uh, the most insidious part of universities these days are their offices of diversity and inclusion. Right. Uh, and diversity means everyone thinks the same thing but looks different, supposedly. Oh. Uh, and inclusion means oh. we include only a narrow spectrum of opinion, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And there's a long history to how that took hold. And the problem is, you know, I used to say, I used to think just a few years ago, well, all right, universities are left. We know that. I like hanging out in them because I like tormenting liberals. I describe myself as an inmate at UC Berkeley. Um, And that's a long story. Oh, I can't wait to hear that one. That's great. (laughs) Well, what I used to say was, well, it really doesn't matter if, you know, the English departments of universities are insane. Better to keep these insane people off the street. Um, and, however, what we've seen in the last five, six years is that those campus dogmas have spread to the wider world, into corporate America. You think of that engineer, James Damore at Google, who got fired right. for you know posting on an yeah. internal bulletin board some heterodox thoughts about uh, yeah. uh, um, uh, you know, employment preferences and you know, women in science and so forth. They got fired for that. That's the sort of thing that only used to happen on campus, and now it happens in corporate America uh-huh. and newsrooms and elsewhere. So – these insidious campus dogmas are now spreading, and the Office of Diversity and Inclusion is now usually the human resources department of every major company That's in right. the country. Wow. Right. So has that then also been institutionalized in the Biden administration? 
Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's their central focus. Um, uh, you know, racism causes climate change. Racism, uh, uh, you know, is somehow implicated in COVID-19. There's nothing it doesn't explain. It's the superpower of the left these days. Everything reduces to race and racism. So how do you as you look at the last two weeks of, of what's been happening in the Joe Biden administration? What's your what's your your feeling? There? What's your checklist? Is he doing great? <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. It's actually pretty serious. The amazing thing to me is that um, he is. Well, first of all, I'll just say this about Biden. There's never been any center to the guy. He's always just gone with the political winds in the Democratic Party. Yeah. He's a unifier. So, he's a unifier, uh, clearly. Well, clearly he, a unifier. He unifies the Democratic Party or tries to. I think he's storing up a whole lot of problems within his own party. But uh, but what's clear already, and you can see hints in the campaign, but you really see it in just two weeks, is he's going to govern far to the left of Obama, yeah, even yeah. Obama's wildest dreams. Obama tried to – and. The other curious thing is Obama was a leftist at heart, but he was enough of a practical politician to know not to push it too hard and not right. to talk too radical. Right. Biden is talking with very radical language and is pushing the policies in a very radical direction. And my guess is Obama's sitting back right now going, my goodness, is, <laughs> he's either going to crash and burn or I should have been bolder. Oh. <laughs> is, um, is the, have you been following the whole Keystone pipeline thing? I, I, oh, yeah. It, um. Is uh, part of me was thinking: Is this uh, somehow connected to all of this in some way? Because it's like environmentalism cancel culture, isn't it? Yeah. Well, this is actually this is a really ominous thing. This is climate fundamentalism, I call it. But it's more than just that. Uh, now, it's one thing if the government through bureaucracy holds up a permit for a project that's proposed. That's been going on for fifty years. What we've seen here, I think for the first time, is a president, by the stroke of a pen, eliminating the livelihoods of a project that had its permits and was being built. I mean, uh, several thousand people have lost their jobs. In other words, this move didn't prevent new jobs from being created. As I say, government does it all the time. I can't think of another presidential act that actually eliminated so many jobs on, on the president's own will uh, as this one. It's one thing if the government makes a policy mistake, you know, we're pitched in recession. Yeah. But by a stroke of a pen, he took several thousand people and threw them out of work. Yeah. And I said, I can't think of another presidential example ever. And by the way, what it means was for those workers, everything was at stake in the election. We'd like to say in American democracy as well, we have these bitter divisions, but it's not like Nazi Germany or Argentina under Perón. Not everything was at stake in the election. Yeah. Here for those workers, everything was at stake. Yeah. And that is – I think this is a real uh, watershed moment in a, an American political and economic history, and I think it's very, very bad. Do you think that will be challenged and, and you think he'll lose that with the in the courts? I think there's a good chance he will. Uh, you know, I haven't looked over all the language of the permits that Keystone has. Those you know, go for hundreds of pages. And – I've seen a news report that there was some clause saying it could be revoked by presidential order, which seems extremely odd. But if their permit condition is solid, then they uh, Keystone has a good chance of winning a multi-billion dollar judgment wow. in American courts that we, the taxpayers, will have to pay. <laughs> but I think beyond that, uh, you know, I mentioned how directly this is ominous, but the real message of the – so even if the Biden administration has to reverse course and allow the construction to continue – because remember, construction was underway. Right. Uh, this is a signal. Don't anybody even dare to think to propose a pipeline as long as I'm president. And we need a bunch of them for, you know, more natural gas supply and things like that. Steve, wow. it, it just feels like that I can throw anything at you and you take it, you ball it up and throw it back better. So I'm going to try something. OK, because <laughs> this is fun for me now. Uh, COVID-19, go. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I, I don't know where to start with all that. Uh, I still like to call it the Wuhan virus to upset people. Um, uh, look, I think we are seeing uh, once again a case of government failure. You know, uh, we're going to make all these vaccines, but then we're going to control tightly how it's distributed. And then because our bureaucrats are too risk averse, we end up throwing out vaccine that spoils. We, you know, it's just insane. Um, how good has Governor Cuomo done in all this? <laughs> so good oh, i can't wait well you know he won an emmy award and, better than that. and you know just yesterday cnn has this very strange or not strange but the article's amusing because it says i forget the headline but something along the lines of 
Cuomo's record on COVID in New York may not be good as we thought. And like, really? So boy, they're going to figure out the sun rises in the east one of these days. <laughs> oh, if presidents of colleges, you know, you, you could have all the presidents of conservative colleges on the line with you for, <laughs> for a day. What's the what's the advice you mm. give them? And let's assume for a moment that most of them have still have most of their um, their backbone still in place. They they really want. They didn't have surgery. They didn't have that surgery. Yeah. They they aren't as risk averse as most, but they just don't know what to do. What what yeah. counsel do you give them in this moment? Well, I know both of them. <laughs> well, there's more than two, but I do know the two best, which is Larry Arnold at Hillsdale College and Thomas Hibbs at University of Dallas or two that are uh, – you know, Hillsdale does not have these problems because you know people know better than to be idiots there. Um, University of Dallas has recently had a controversy, and President Hibbs said, no, we're not doing this. Go away. And I think they'll have less of it because of that. Uh, right. What I've been telling Larry Arn at Hillsdale, because Hillsdale's famous and been very successful, is we need more Hillsdales. And they actually are talking about opening up some branch campuses and expanding their student body. And we need to see more of that. And I think there'll be a market for it. Uh, I hear I hear from a lot of parents with high school kids saying, where can I send my kids to college that isn't going to be insane? And the number of places I can recommend is shrinking. Depends on the field. If you're interested in math and science, you have a lot more options. But if you actually want to learn the humanities, very few places now I could recommend. Well, I don't know if you heard this, but two plus two now equals five. So science, <laughs> math and science are kind of not so <laughs> much. Kind of slip They're two. racist. I don't know if you know that math and science is officially racist. It's, so. it's, it's part of the white <laughs> <It's> hegemony. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, funny. We use those things called Arabic numerals, and uh, you yeah. know, algebra and calculus came from India. But I don't know. Um. <laughs> mm. Steve, how can we follow you? How do we keep in t contact with what you're doing and, and stay up to what you're writing about? Got to send him a letter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I write every day on Powerline Blog. That's the name of the site, Powerline Blog, all one word. We're kind of stuck with blog in the title because Powerline is an electrical supply company. Anyway, uh, Powerline, I didn't start it. It was started by three lawyers who were old college friends. And this goes back a while, but it was Scott Johnson, one of my writing partners at Powerline, who blew the whistle on Dan Rather using the forged documents back Ooh. in 2000. And ended his career at CBS. So we have a lot of traffic. Yeah. And uh, so that's where I write every day. Uh, and then uh, after that, uh, you know, I, I only use Twitter to tell jokes mostly because, you know, Twitter is a cesspool. But, yeah, and I use it to gather intelligence. But uh, I am on Twitter at, at Stephen F. Hayward. Stephen with a V. Um, but as I say there, it's mostly just I tell jokes and mock people. Well, they, what, they, what's, what's your physical address so we can send you a letter? Hey, Steve. I'm not here to formula. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm yeah. doing everything wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, thank you so much for joining us, man. I hope yeah. you come back. Stay safe out in California because you're not just a prisoner of Baylor. You're also a prisoner there in California. Uh, I know. So we'll I be know. praying for you. Fun. You guys are great. <laughs> More Cross Politics coming back up. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. Oh boy. He doesn't care. Oh boy. First of all, man, Steve, I like Steve. Yeah. Yeah. That red shirt was great. <laughs> the red shirt's from Britain thing. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. I got it. So <laughs> during the break, Pastor Toby, you gotta say what you said. No, so I, what happened? I, After the first segment, you were a little concerned about I the way. Just, I just thought that we could explain short sale a little bit clearer. You didn't think that Gabe's explanation of short sale that's, was fabulous. That's not what I was trying to say. No, that's you, okay. You that's didn't, okay. You didn't, and it just so happens I that like, we want real news. We want the truth. So wait, wait, wait. So <laughs> we want the truth. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. I just thought it was a little bit. You thought it was convoluted. There's a lot there. But you know, I, this I wanna, is. This I just want to say it clearer. What didn't you think Gabe said that was clear? Well, I think, I mean, I, the borrowing part was the thing that I think kind of like. I, there, Even though it's true, it's yeah. complicating I, I, the I, fact, I, and the I, and explanation. I, think, I do think you understand it. And, and I think, you know, in, in that. <laughs> I'm trying to say this. Uh -huh. um, so. I, I have short, no feelings. A short sale. <laughs> 
this is why I love Gabe. Though. The, key, the key thing, the key thing mm-hmm. is that what you're doing is you are um, you're selling the stock. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and then, betting, and you're betting that the value is going to drop, uh-huh. and you are promising to buy it back right. at a particular um, at a lower right, price right. At, a, at a particular time. Yeah, yeah, but from a borrower, right? And um, but you didn't like the call map because so this is what's amazing about the fact like Fight Laugh Fees Network. Okay. Like this was amazing. Like this is why. We- <laughs> and so what happens is when the Reddit guys all bought a bunch, the prices went up, and so when a bunch of these short sales were supposed to come up, and you were going to buy it at fifty bucks or sixty bucks, and, and you know make. 30 40 50 dollars on what was originally a hundred dollars value mm-hmm. um, it's now 150 now it's 200 dollars mm-hmm. so right you're, so you're getting you're getting host mm-hmm. I don't know I mean so, maybe, okay. I'm, maybe I'm being no picky, but I, I, I thought that's what Gabe said like that was one of the okay somehow I, I got kicked off Bluetooth that's why I said uh, we didn't, we didn't well that's okay we you know, here let's try to get gonna call so, so Matt's on is, the line waiting for us you're right now call him right now <laughs> Go He's ahead, on. so we're, so this is what's amazing so if you don't know if you're not a part of the fight laugh feast network first of all what's wrong with you people this is amazing well you could get on the app yeah, the this app is, has all our shows on the network. This is one of the re- you need to learn how to pair. Hang on, it's pair. It's pair. Oh, there don't, we go. Don't, don't, don't. Okay. Let me including do my thing. how to build a tent. Yeah, with mm-hmm. Matt Williams, and he's like he's he's kind of our resident business guy. Stock market. It's, it's not about tent making. It's about ninja you know, building a Christian culture through mm-hmm. business. Is Matt there? That's what no, Matt can you hear us. I'm here. That's what t- that's what tent making is. Yes, tent making is being anti fragile. Exactly. That's why he does this. Thing. So Matt, we need you to explain really, really quickly for idiots like me, like me, me. Um, what is a short sale exactly? Oh, well, okay. There's two different kinds of shorting a stock. Is it that you can short the market, which is what is happening here, and you can do puts. So we'll just focus on shorting the market. Okay. Basically, you are renting the stocks you don't own them at a certain price you borrow it when you're shorting it you're you're betting on the stock price to go down and when you do you can uh, make the money on the difference of where you rented the stock versus where the stock is actually at right and what happened with reddit and the discord server of i believe around two hundred thousand retail investors or the little people like me and others who invest that aren't uh, Wall Street investors hedge fund. They said, no, you're not going to do this anymore. You're not going to manipulate the market. You're not going to take these short positions, borrow stock that's not yours, and then go on MSNBC and all these uh, TV stations and talk trash on the stock and then making you millions and millions of dollars. So Manipulating it. And by where they're like manipulating the price then. Yeah, exactly. They're doing exactly what they're accusing the the Reddit board of doing, but they do it on TV. <laughs> wow! And so they said, they said, uh, forget you. We're going to uh, get everyone we know, and we're just going to buy the stock. And they did that with GameStop and a number of other ones, and they have plans for future ones. And so when they borrowed that, those hedge funds borrowed the money to, or borrowed the stock to bet that it was going to go down, it went the opposite way. Right. And it resulted in them actually losing between forty and seventy billion dollars. I'm not sure exact total, but those are the numbers I've heard floating around the internet. Okay, Matt, Matt did use the word borrow, so I. <laughs> I, I, I but it, what, it just sounded better. I don't know. Matt, Matt was concise. I, it did. This is why. It did. Well, you know what though? This is why Gabe has been listening to How to Build a Tent. So that's Ooh. why he used the words borrow. That was really hey, helpful. Matt. Just real quick, do, just fast. Do you short sell? I have put options. And I actually bought some for the game stock because I believe it's a huge bubble right now. Um, but it's not in the next two days where I'm worrying about uh, losing billions of dollars. Uh, but I do do the put. I don't do the borrowing. That's more of a Wall Street hedge fund kind of thing. Okay. With connections and all that good stuff. Matt, wow. I, bro, I love you. Thank you for doing this. Please yeah. get back to talking more about stuff like this. That way I don't have to go and search everywhere else. Come on, man. Step your game <laughs> well, up. Obviously, you didn't watch my show today. I did watch your show today. And boy, you took forever <laughs> to get to a point. <laughs> I'm sorry, this, that's, that's, that's in-house business. We won't talk about it on the show. Everybody listen to How to Build a Tent with Matt Williams. Matt Williams, thank you so much for coming on the show. Love Thanks, you, brother. Man. We'll talk later. Thank you, guys. Love you. All right, love, love you too, man. All right. But, but anyway, but that's it. See, that was... You turned that was, off your mic. So I think part of the issue is... Um, the, I can't uh, hear anything. You went, you went deaf. It, well, you, deaf news. Okay, that's there you go. I can okay. hear okay. now. All I, right. I think part of the issue is that Matt helped clarify is that there's actually two different kinds. Right. And I think what I was... Conf- I, I was sort of maybe conflating some of those in my own mind. Okay, but but the hedge funds uh, really are 
um, kind of borrowing these stocks in order to sell them. Boy, it's right. so nice to have a network where all this. Well, what's amazing is, is his comments going out. He said, "If you have connections, you can do this borrowing. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're in Wall Street, if you're up yeah. there, you can do this kind of borrowing so, and play so, this game." So this goes back to the to the the clip we played right before uh, Hayward. Yep. Uh, bef- uh, end of first segment. Yep. Uh, we the um, Vlad. Vlad, president of uh, Robin Hood. Vlad, Vlad, president of Robin Hood, looks like he's in his mom's basement. Mm. Ooh, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. I'm just waiting I'm... for his mom to be like, Vlad, you can see your laundry? Mom, I have I'm a liquidity problem, mom. I'm but... being interviewed right now, mom. I'm on CNBC, mom. Um, That's and, so wrong. But the guy's wrong like, for that. president, he's like, he's like you, it sounds like you have a liquidity problem. Yeah. And, and and you brought this up this morning as we were prepping for the show. Like, So he's got a liquidity problem, and you're like, I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, New York Times says that yesterday morning, or Thursday morning, Friday morning. One um, billion dollars. billion dollars suddenly investment. gets infused into the Robin Hood. Right. And he's like, no, I don't got a liquidity problem. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I, got, I just got a billion Who dollars. Who got a liquidity problem? <laughs> but, but the issue was is sort of like from where. Right, right. And, and the thing that I think is kind of hard to track in all of this. Capital hedge funds, probably. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, and so what you have is there's a um, – uh, actually, one of the – where is it? Ian, our new uh, chief operating officer, officer of operations. He's so helpful. One of Robinhood's primary market makers, Citadel Clearing, has some ownership in the hedge fund Melvin Capital, which was one of the largest short sellers of GameStop and others. Right here. Mm. Melvin Capital. So There's Melvin Capital. So Citadel Clearing is at least partially owned, uh, has partial ownership in the hedge fund Melvin Capital, and they're getting screwed. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they are one of Robinhood's primary market makers. So the, the okay. point being, so Robinhood doesn't make money by you and me downloading their app and setting up an account. Okay. No. It's a different business model yeah 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 yeah. they they pretend that it's free but we know that you're the customer like facebook and twitter and and google and google that's right right. check out our past show uh with george gilder that was we had him on um, on on this different model and it's it's one of the principal reasons why we went to a membership model yeah here across across politics Mm -hmm. the reason why we have fight laugh feast membership by individuals right is because we want to basically be anti-fragile. That's right. right. Um, we don't want to be owned by one big hedge fund or sponsorship or whatever. That's right. And then get canceled. Right. Right. But what happens is Robinhood is basically run by, their bills are paid by these big hedge funds. Right. That's right. Um, right. Like Citadel Clearing, and they're you know, connected to Melvin Capital. That's how they pay their bills. And Robinhood is, is basically probably selling some data. No, they are. Um, no, there's a they have big data contracts. Okay, big yes. data con. They're yep. they're tracking what they're you're selling buying, your data, what you're selling, yep. where so, you're from, you know, so male, who, female, how old you are, whatever. Right. So who got really exposed, Robinhood, or was it the parent companies, or the, was it GameStop? Who who got really the, exposed in all of the this? hedge the hedge funds, the, the hedge, big funds. hedge funds, right? Now, but what but Matt Williams pointed out a little bit in passing here, and we talked to him earlier, um, is basically all these people are in bed together. Mm. Okay, um, they, they're. Um, the, the other major, like Ameritrade and sort of the big traditional, I don't know what you want to call them, um, you know, where you get your Roth IRA from or your 501s, you know, your, 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 uh, your retirement funds and stuff where yeah, they, yeah. they will invest your money for you. You're paying them a monthly fee. Right. Which makes them actually a lot more anti-fragile right. over yeah, time. A, yeah. um, but Robinhood promising to be free, trying to get a bunch of people on board real quickly, and apparently they got 4 million of users mm-hmm. um, over the last year. Um, they're actually they're being supported though by these other hedge funds by by Prince John. So let's but, just <laughs> so so when Reddit says let's um, let's run the stock, two point four million people go yeah, um, and they buy it goes up. The the companies that pay the bills for Robinhood are in the process of getting hosed. Well, wait, wait, wait. Robinhood said that nobody influenced them, that they did this proactively. Yeah, yeah. well, they have – he didn't quite say that. He well, actually had, like, a bunch of, like, economic talk. No, he said that in he the said, clip. He, he said, said SEC they, didn't influence uh, well, me. But he said we have policy. Well, but look, you do we something – policy. You do something proactively. To just, take care of the volatility of the market. Yeah. Like we talked about, de Blasio is going to be doing stuff proactively yeah. because Cuomo is going to be looking at him. <laughs> yeah. Guys, So the, the bottom line here is where you get your money from matters yeah yes and whether you own what you own free and clear or not right well Um, so we were for example for example business structure too um yeah yeah business model and where you get your money but it's all tied together but um 
there's a church down in um, San Jose, San Jose, California, that's yep. been you know fighting the good fight in many ways in terms of yep. meeting on Sundays. They've mm-hmm. been held in contempt of court. There's millions God of dollars in, in fines. fines for for um, for meeting, <laughs> but. It it comes out that they've been taking PPE money, yeah, from the government. So so during the shutdown, they took what? money from the yes. How much? You about, know, uh, just a little north of three hundred thousand dollars. Oh, so they're taking money while they're while they're fighting the pandemic from the feds. Shutdown. You can't take money from the feds, yep. and then expect that the feds mm-hmm. are going to be like, okay, it's okay. You can say that Jesus is Lord over the Fed. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. Well, but, this- but did you find confirmation, Gabe, on the the bank account? Uh, mortgage. I, I, I couldn't find. I I, I promise. Okay. I read the article. Okay. okay. I promise. So we're just I read throw the article. this out here. Our 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 busy bees out there. You you guys are watching the news with us. Yeah. We're pretty sure we heard uh, that the church in Santa um, San Jose, San Jose, San Jose. Um, their mortgage is being threatened. Yeah. Okay. You hear that? Or, you, you know why? Well, the bank thinks. Well, you got millions of dollars against you. You can't pay. You're, what's the chance you're not going to be able to pay this? So the mortgage um, uh, lender. Yep. Uh, begins to exert authority, authority yeah. that they have like, since they own everything to reclaim the church. We can building. reclaim the building because yeah. when you do a mortgage, you're borrowing, as Gabe likes to say, <laughs> money from the bank. Yeah. It's not really yours. Yeah. The building's not really yours. And they're saying, "Hey, well, you can default and, on this loan." And so you, yeah, exactly. And so you're in trouble. This is why um, I am so grateful to be part of a church that committed decades ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why we haven't owned our own building, we're we're, we're getting really close. Um, but the reason why we haven't is because the elders committed to build debt free. Yeah, right. We we did not want to be owned. We didn't want our place of worship. We didn't think that it was right for right. God's place of worship. Yeah, to be owned partially by, by some pagans. bank, some bank, <laughs> yeah. which then becomes hooks. Yeah, right? they can come and and they have authority because technically they own it. Pastor, right. you know the other thing about this too is that people have. That's one area, and that's a very obvious yeah. area right now. But there's even step back. How is your church established? Five hundred one c three. Right. right, like, and you don't have to be, and you right. don't have churches to. do not have to be five hundred one c three because you're already acknowledging a certain amount of authority that the government right. doesn't have over you anyway. Right. You registered with the state, yep. you know. I mean, there's certain things that, that you're already sort of, you're, and there's you know there's sort of functional things that some people do just to exist. Yeah. But, but I don't think Christians have thought carefully about the fact that the church exists as an independent institution, a government directly from Jesus Christ right. doesn't need any other human government's permission to exist. Right. And, and, it, and the proof that we haven't learned this has been all of last year. Absolutely. The proof that we haven't learned yeah. that right uh, there has uh, been that we've let the government tell us when to open our doors, how many people can be in our churches, what they have to wear on their faces if they're going to be in our churches. And a bunch of Christians have just been, well, you know, health codes and safety Romans codes. Romans 13. Romans 13 is, yeah. no, no, no. That's, that's, not, that's not what it means to be the church of Jesus right. Christ. Why did early Christians get thrown to the lions and burned at the stake? Because they confessed that Jesus Christ was Lord and Caesar was not. Right. Right? The Fed is not. The Fed has to answer to Jesus. Yeah, that's right. The government right. has to answer to Jesus. The, you know, our friends up in, in Ontario. Uh, right. It's, 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 Pastor Rome. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're running into the same thing right now up there. Uh, what's it called? Chapel. Something. Uh, uh, Trinity Bible Chapel. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the same thing. And the Canadians have been doing the same thing we're doing, throwing away their freedom, throwing yeah. away the right to exist, throwing away their right to worship. And then all of a sudden, now the bill's coming due. They, we did a short sale. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's we did exactly a short right. sale, right. and and the government they bought it all. They yeah. bought all. They ran the Reddit stocks up. Right. And now they're saying you owe us. Right. You, right? Know, you you built this building on our credit. Right. You've been existing on our good wishes. Right. And now you got people seizing bank accounts. You right. got mortgage companies coming. Cancel culture. Losing built. Coming yeah, to right. roost. Yeah. Why? Because we decided we were gonna we were gonna short sell. But this is a blessing, and then we shouldn't lose out on this. Right. I just got to right. come in from Florida, and I Absolutely. went on a crazy right. tour. I'll, I'll tell you more about it. One of the things that was crazy about this tour was that I had a chance to look at history from the Indian War all the way up to the current wars and see kind of how everything was created as yeah. far as weaponry. And one of the things that I noticed is that weapons and, and technology and things got better as the pressure got harder. Yep. And right now, we would never have known how to understand how government is working, operating, and how much we're uh, – cancel culture has even helped with this – how much we're vulnerable to those right. uh, 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 attacks and assaults. Right. And, and so if we look at church history and go through time, we can see that every point that the church has had a challenge 
challenge with doctrine, Amen. it's gotten better. Yeah. We've defined right. our parameters and yeah. we come out. This is the doctrine of God. Right. This is the doctrine of Christ. This is the doctrine of the church. Right. And right now, God is setting us up so we understand these spheres, right. how the family works, how the church is supposed to work, how right. the government is supposed to work. And we're working out these things in such a way that after this is over, we're going to stand stronger because God is the one who is prepping his people. I mean, it's amazing when you look at Israel coming out of Egypt, one of the most beautiful things in scripture, it doesn't, it doesn't pop out right away is that when they leave Egypt, God doesn't take his people through the route where they would have to go to battle. No, no. And this is so gracious of God because he's, they weren't ready for it. And so their hearts wouldn't be discouraged. He right. took them around the desert, right. a desert. Right. What is he doing? Right. He's getting his people ready. He's getting them rough. He's getting them tough. Right. He's making them hard so they could be ready for battle. Yeah. And yeah. he's dropping manna down in the middle of it. So yeah. while the church is still going through the trials and tribulations that we're going through right now, this might be a little desert, but God's making us tough. And God's feeding you. God's, God's feeding, feeding us. You. And we'd yeah. be happy. And don't right. complain in this process. Do this with joy. All right, we've got to restructure our church a little bit. All right, we've got to get from underneath. Right. Why, why, when is it bad to... For God to make us be more anti-fragile. Right, that's exactly. Right. Come on right. now. I mean, that's, that's what he's yeah. done. He's yeah. saying, like, yeah. I want you to be tougher. That's right. I want you to be stronger. And and really, I'm I'm greatly encouraged also in At, all this because right. God's revealing our weaknesses. Yes. He's He's sifting the chaff and the wheat. You're finding right. out that there's a whole bunch of people that were, you know, fat and sassy churches. Yeah. And they're running cowards now. Right? Yeah. And, like, all the Christians are just leaving those churches. They won't meet. They're afraid of death. They're afraid of the government. They're afraid of everything. That's right. That's and all right. and all the all the Gideon's men are Come gathering. All right. the Gideon's men are gathering, yeah. and we don't need that many. Three hundred yeah. is yeah. fine. Right. That's all um, we need. But but the the thing is, is this whole Reddit thing is really encouraging too, though. It is. Yeah. Um, George Gilder. One of the things he says in Life After Google. Get the check book. out the book. Check out the old episode with him. Is his whole point is that the they're they're functioning on this sort of mammoth vision. Right. Yeah. Bigger is better. That's right. It's, but what it is is it's a Goliath vision. Right. They, they they have you know these massive central servers in Google right. and Facebook and, and Twitter Amazon, and yeah. it's bigger and bigger and better. And and Gilder says it's not going to work. He says yeah. it's going to fall. It he is. says the future belongs to the common people, right. the free people. And he grounds it gloriously. He says basically the bigger is better is a completely Darwinian assumption. That's right. Ooh, it is. is. That's right. Darwini- Darwinians think that bigger is better, that might makes right. That's right. But we're Christians. Yeah. We believe in the God who created heaven and earth. We believe in the God who raised Jesus from the dead. We believe Preach in the God you. who makes hearts new. Yeah. Right? Amen. We, we believe in the power of grace, the power of wisdom. And that is that means people are God is creating a, a new humanity that's and he's making them deft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> skillful. He's making them yeah. skillful. That's right. He's yeah. making them um better at what they do. And they don't we don't need this great mammoth institutions. That's right. We just need men and women who love Jesus, who confess their sins, who love, who obey the Bible. Yeah. And, well, and, and you have, you know, what Reddit did sort of on this weird sort of like nerdy redneck kind of way <laughs> is, is like, okay, whatever. And kind of fun. And who, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but it's but not more regulations coming, but yeah, probably. Yeah. But, but honestly, but ne- nevertheless recognize it means there's always chinks in the armor. That's right. There's right. always chinks in the armor. They, you know, Goliath, I love how pastor Wilson sometimes says it, you know, uh, d- when David saw Goliath, he, he saw someone who was too big to miss. That's right. Too big yeah. to miss, yeah. and there's always holes. They, 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 the bigger they get, the clunkier they get. The bigger the the behemoth gets, the clunkier it gets. But we're God's people, and we yeah. have His Spirit. Well, and Christians should not miss this moment yeah. with what's going on right. with COVID, right. with what's going on this last year, with what's going on with Trump, it's with a what's great going opportunity. on. Build, we, build we, your family, yeah. build your business. It's like when when all these things start happening, Christians should wake up, yeah. and Christians should know the moment and what's going on. And we like what you're saying. We should. Um, I'm looking for a Christian bank right now to do business with. Right. Yes. Like I want Cosmopolitan to find a Christian bank to do business with because I I can't trust our current bank. Why yeah. can't Why can't you churches? Know? This is I mean this is crazy. But why can't churches in their cities who are who are in relationship to each other they can hold to doctrinally whatever they're close enough they're yeah. orthodox right yeah. Why can't they make their own credit union with each other Yeah Yeah why, So that they get out the, from you why know can't, Why can't Christians band together and pay each other's health care bills Oh Samaritan, Samaritan Ministries, Ministries Imagine right. that or, or band together and build a school band together build a business Those right. are the things that are easily right on the table for us to do Stop right. depending on the government right. Stop depending on pagans for your children's you know education right. for your health care for your for your job Right. You know, yeah. uh, up up in this don't, whole mess that we're in. And don't forget that when God took down Egypt, Egypt was the greatest empire in the world That's at that right. time. That's right. That's right. And when God rained down those plagues, mm-hmm. remember, 
they didn't touch the people of God right. in That's Goshen. Right. That's yeah. right. right. God is able to bring them down. God is able to send plagues. Through this right. COVID plague. God is yeah. able to send it all, and he's able to he, – he rules every detail. Yeah. He's exhaustively sovereign over it all. The hailstones can hit Egypt, and there we are. The darkness can be in Egypt, and yeah. there can be light in the homes in Goshen. If you're single, get married. Yes, amen. If, if you're married, have kids. I think I know how to do this deal. If you have kids, go baptize them until next week. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is cross politics. Be encouraged. It just uh, sounds so much better when you say it. Well, I'm you sorry. Know, I, you know. When you close it out. Did you hear us trying to say it? <laughs> if you're single, go baptize your kids when you get married or something like that and love God and love your neighbors. Baptize your husband and, I mean. <laughs> 2020, God exposed America with a bunch of viral particles, a plague. God flicked and we buckled. Our political leaders shut down their states in fear. Our pastors abdicated the church as non-essential. And we have been scattered by petty, tyrannical resolutions and edicts into our homes or hiding our shame with masks. Businesses have been shut down by arbitrary non-essential labels. Strip clubs, pot shops, and abortion facilities remained open while churches were threatened, regulated, and fined. First Amendment rights were trampled on as we Christians were arrested by despotic, unprincipled local governments. Citizens were harassed by unelected health districts, and communities were threatened in their houses by cops. This sounds like a third world country, a bad dream, but it is not. It is the new America. This America is ruled by fear. This America is ruled by opportunistic politicians who don't give a damn about you. This America breeds a compliant citizenry that cares more about their strip clubs and DoorDash deliveries that cares more about their safety and their comforts than the truth that Jesus is King of Kings and that our freedoms are protected by the Constitution. This America is worse than King George III's America. It's time to take a stand, but to stand requires courage and courage requires repentance. What we need is reformation and revival in our churches, in our families, in our communities, in our businesses, and in our government. Every square inch needs the blood of Jesus. We need to cease this moment where all our sins, fears, and failures have been exposed by God through this plague and gather to sing psalms, to feast, and to get strengthened, to be encouraged, and equipped to lead America back to Jesus, who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Governor after governor instituted some sort of shutdown, ignoring your constitutional rights. There was one governor, one state, that did not buckle and join the crowd of governors driven by fear. Governor Christine Noem has stood strong through this pandemic. And so we are bringing our first annual Fight, Laugh, Feast rally to Rapid City, South Dakota, April 29th through May 1st. Join us in the land of the free and the home of the brave as we learn to love God, sing psalms, and defy tyrants.